Podcast Camps Coaches Show, Episode 4. Coaches, welcome to the Cost Camps Coaches Show. I have George Egger on the phone on the uh, line today. Uh, Coach Egger is in his second year at Hemfield High School, and I wanted to get Coach Egger on here because he was in a unique position where he was hired in February of 2020. And, you know, if you, if you can't think back that far, I'm sure you, most of you understand what February 2020 was. But, you know, life was normal back then. Everybody, everything was honky-dory. We were just kind of talking about this uh, this virus that was kind of spreading in China. And then all of a sudden, March hit and the world shut down. So I just kind of want to get what how he, uh, how he got through the hiring process and then went into going into his first year as a high school head coach and and kind of having the limits that he had and and everybody kind of dealt with things a little bit differently with their football programs but i think it'd just be interesting to hear from a guy that it was his first year as a head coach coach Edgar, welcome to the show hey thank you mark i appreciate you having me and i, I applaud your efforts for doing this and can't wait to to listen in the upcoming days and weeks to the other coaches that are on here and can't wait to learn well it's a, it's it's i'm i'm excited to to kind of get to know some coaches a little bit better and and um just so everybody knows, this, this is our this is Coach and I's first conversation here. We shared a couple of text messages back and forth, but this is really the first time we've ever got to talking. So um, this this is pretty neat for me. Um, but but let this is more about you, Coach, and and just can you kind of go through like, I guess what what do you know the specific date you got hired? Do you remember the specific date or what the day was? I do not. Um, but as you mentioned, I know it was late February, um, you know, and then essentially once I got hired, I know that I had a solid two weeks before COVID set in, you know, so, uh, you know, I mentioned to you before we got on air, but uh, I was lucky enough to be on staff prior to being hired. So to me, that was huge. I had a relationship with the kids. Uh, again, I knew the personalities. I kind of knew the body types and I had a vision for, for what we wanted to do. So again, it wasn't like I started from scratch. Uh, and that was tremendous for me to just have that, uh, that prior relationship and didn't have to, to build anything from scratch. Um, but yeah, it happened in late February. Then as all coaches, you know, you're, you're lifting weights, you know, you're in the middle of trying to build strength. So we, we jumped right into it. One thing that we tried to do that uh, was a slight change is we obviously did core lifts prior to uh, when I was the head coach at Hemfield, you know, but we wanted to institute some of those Olympic style lifts that most programs, you know, across the, the state of Pennsylvania and the country are doing. Uh, but that was a challenge because our guys hadn't ha hang cleaned before, you know, they never cleaned before. Uh, and as, as you know, and all the coaches know, you know, the precision that goes into it, you know, so we really, harped on continuing to to do the core lifts as well as uh, the Olympic style lifts, you know, but then after the two weeks when we went uh, on a COVID break, you know, that all kind of went to, to crap, if you will, because, you know, they, they didn't have access to it. So that hurt, you know, the idea of not being able to build that Olympic style explosive strength. Um, but in those two weeks, definitely tried to create relationships with all the sophomores that I did not know, you know, the freshmen that had played freshman ball, 
that I had seen, you know, a little bit here and there, uh, maybe a conversation or two, but not much. Uh, and I really tried to, in the two weeks, get to know them and encourage them to obviously be, uh, you know, members of the team moving forward. Cause you know, you need, you need everybody, you know, and you don't want those freshmen. And that's something that I continue to deal with uh, every year in my Hemfield is those freshmen. Uh, they don't realize that, you know, lifting now is eight months. You know, if you want to be a good football team with eight months, there's no more, Hey, I'll show up uh, in June or July or August and play ball coach. You know, that, that should be, you know, five and five or worse, uh, especially in section one in the LL that, yeah. that doesn't get any wins, you know? Yeah. Um, so again, trying to build that relationship to get the guys on board. And when COVID hit, you know, as I'm sure most coaches, uh, I got with our strength coach who happens to be a uh, former high school uh high school mate of mine. Now he played soccer uh, at Manhattan Township, but we both went to high school together. So we had a working relationship and he was great because he, uh, he already had trust with me. So, you know, ideas that I, I wanted, he, he worked well with me, you know, and uh, we realized that kids probably wouldn't have access to weights. You know, you might have that one kid that has uh, dumbbells. You might have another kid that has, you know, maybe a bench press, maybe a squat rack, but I, we thought that maybe three fourths of the kids wouldn't even have dumbbells. So we put together uh, body workout exercises, you know, push-ups, sit-ups, and kind of much like, you know, there's an article on Cocalico and the new coach Brian Stroll who was uh, doing those basically body workouts. Uh, it was much like that, you know, and we tried to give our guys workouts to perform, you know, four days a week. Uh, and that's what we would be doing in the weight room. We would be lifting four days a week. Uh, so we tried to just kind of replicate that with body workouts. Uh, we post every week. We tweak it a little bit to try to make it fresh. Uh, we even have like uh, videos with it in terms of demonstrations and explaining it verbally along with the videos. So if the kids had questions, you know, they could ask. Uh, you know, one thing if I could go back and, and try to do again, try to have maybe some sort of of way to kind of see if they were doing it. You know, it's kind of all just trust. Right. You know, I didn't have them record. Uh, and send to me, which, you know, thinking back, obviously I, I could have done that and probably should have done that, but it was more just a trust thing. Cause I was kind of just trying to get, you know, my wits about me, you know, and at the same time we're doing that, you know, I'm trying to put staff together. So, you know, I'm making calls and I'm, I'm trying to connect with coaches to see if they'll come on board, you know? So all that was kind of happening at, at the same time. Um, and then again, initially what we did too was once a week, we tried to do one of those workouts live together, you know, and uh, I tried to have a senior run it. Uh, and we would get together at like, I think it usually was Wednesdays at like eight. So if people were working or doing various things, maybe they could, uh, I guess they really weren't working too much because of COVID. You but, mean you like, know, you mean, things, you, do you mean eight in the morning or eight at night? Eight at night. Okay. Eight at night. Okay. So that way, you know, again, some people's parents were, were still, you know, able to, to work if right. need be. And some of the kids actually, believe it or not, I don't know how it was for you guys, uh, but some of our kids somehow still were able to work or whether that was legal or illegal, who knows. But, you know, uh, we said eight o'clock because by then, you know, it should be able, you should be able to be free, yep. uh, you know, if it's important to you. We, we had pretty good turnout. You know, I wouldn't say it was great, you know, but uh, a lot of upperclassmen. You know, probably the, the younger guys probably maybe didn't feel as comfortable yet because they didn't even know those guys. Uh, but mainly juniors and seniors that would conduct uh, and participate in those workouts. And again, uh, all the while, I'm trying to put a staff together, which was difficult because nobody knew the circumstances. <laughs> yep. You know, uh, uh, as I'm sure 
you know, you know, in, in, in the college world, they were debating on whether they're going to play. And, you know, uh, so some of my coaches weren't kind of some of the guys that I was trying to get over weren't in a rush to make a decision because they were thinking, you know, are we even going to play, you know? Um, but continuing on with the workouts, we did that all the way up to, we were able to go in, uh, July. And what we started to do was in May, um, I was able to try to install the offense with the guys. So okay, great. We, did, we did the, uh, the Google meet sessions. Cause that's kind of what our school district uh, wanted us to do. Is you that know, what you did to, for the workouts too? Only, only uh, on Wednesdays together okay. live. Yes, okay. yes, it was. So, so uh, they were doing it on their own. It wasn't like, um, like there would be different kind of times that guys could get together on that Google Meet and kind of do them together. It was just the trust was just there for them to do it on their own. And then Wednesday, everybody was kind of together. Yes, that's did exactly. Did you track it at all? Did you like do attendance, or was there any kind of like uh, I don't know, like a positive reinforcement if you made every Wednesday night or anything like that? Uh, we did track it, and yes, uh, 100% there's positive reinforcement, without a doubt. You know, and that was something that when we did get in person, those kids were recognized. Yeah, okay, you good. Know, and uh, those kids were the leaders of the team, uh, you know, for doing that and participating. Uh, and as you mentioned, they were certainly recognized because that that's just big to be able to to buy in, especially early on, you know, in, in my program for them to buy in and then a lot to me, you know. Uh, but that's really why I wanted the Hemfield job because I knew these guys were in. Yep. You know, I knew yep. the rising seniors and juniors were in. I knew what I was getting into, you know. Um, so then in May, we did the Google Meet offensive install because, uh, you know, I'm an offensive guy. Uh, you know, I talked to a guy or two about coming on to help me with the offense, and I was fairly certain that he was going to join. But regardless, you know, I was going to kind of be the, the pass game coordinator, if you will. Right. So we jumped right in. Uh, and started installing pass game and we did take attendance for that. And, uh, you know, we tried to keep it to about a half hour because, you know, what, what I've learned, you know, just being a player and a coach myself is, you know, anything more than a half hour, you're losing guys. For sure. You know I mean? Especially so, if it's not like the first meeting, especially as you, right. you know, as you, as you go on with those things. Yeah. Right. That. Coach, well, Absolutely. you know, you know, going on that time thing, just to go back to that work as I'm sorry to interrupt your train of thought yeah. here. The, the, how long were those workouts? Those workouts would prototypically take uh, about 45 minutes. And, and, it was know, all, so. and without weights, it was all like a 45-minute kind of uh, body weight type deal. It was, but it was it was not all body weight. Like it was probably 10 to 15 minutes like warm-up flexibility yep, yep, yep. and then like a half hour or so actual – you know, body weight stuff. So it wasn't like it was, it was grinding them out for 40 minutes and it took forever. It was short, sweet and flexibility as well. There's an argument you could make that there are, there's a population of football players out there that would benefit probably more from, from body weight workouts, at least just, you know, this time of year going into January, you know, when they're beginning the, uh, the strength part of the off season that they would benefit from, from body weight workouts just because they, they might be overweight or they're, they're, they're over, you know, they don't have enough flexibility. There's, there's a big time argument that could be made for that stuff. So that probably, oh, that was probably a benefit to your program that, that, you know, that was one of the kind of like the unseen things with, with not being able to get to the weight room. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more because you know, that, that was the state we were in yep. where we had, for instance, linemen that, you know, couldn't bench their body weight. Right. Uh, you know, and, and like you said, doing a push up was more beneficial yeah. than 
them, you know, trying to get up something that they couldn't get up on a, on a bench press or squatting their body weight rather than squatting something that was way too heavy or, you know, going really, really light. So uh, I agree 100%. And you're right. I think it helped propel us to get guys, you know, more in tune with their body, more body control to then, you know, after my first year to be able to hit the weight room. Uh, I think that that was tremendous in terms of getting them that, that strength and that body control. That's probably a conversation on its, like a, a show you could do that where we could just talk about that on its own. But oh, let's, let's yeah. get back to your, uh, your, the, the train of thought I interrupted about your, uh, your install meetings on Google meet with the offense. Absolutely. Um, so like, I, like I told you, I mean, the, the, the key was to try to introduce a concept or two, uh, each time, you know, we, we met uh, twice a week. So again, it wasn't, you know, overbearing. It wasn't like, Hey, we're meeting five days a week. It was twice a week. Uh, and it was usually like Tuesday, Thursday. So that way it was kind of in the middle, you know, and there was space in between. Uh, so, you know, all together in a week, we're introducing maybe four, four to six concepts, uh, mainly pass game, um, some inside and outside zone. Cause you know, that's, that's something that regardless right. of whoever came on the offense, we were going to do, you know, uh, I believe in zone, especially with the personnel we had at the time, you know, uh, we didn't really have uh, tremendously weight room type linemen that could move you and pull and kick guys out. So we kind of want to just be lateral and allow some of our athletes to try to, you know, get in holes. Uh, so again, that was half hour uh, and we took attendance. And again, the attendance was, was mainly your upperclassmen. You know, it was a tough time trying to get, you know, underclassmen. I think, you know, even this past year when we didn't have COVID, you know, it's always a battle to get underclassmen, uh, you know, because, again, they don't really realize what goes into it. Uh, again, they're used to just showing up in the summer saying, hey, coach, I'm ready to play ball. Uh, but, you know, again, where, where I was at, too, is that we were going to lean on those upperclassmen. So it was good to have them there. But, you know, looking back, definitely needed needed more guys to, to be there. But, uh, tried to just like the classroom tried to be uh, engaging you know ask questions and have kids respond back you know encourage them to to be active participants would tell kids to put their uh, their video on you know so you could see them uh, and again that was beneficial because when you when you get them just like in the classroom when you get them to engage you know you can really tell who's picking it up who's not picking it up what concepts you need to, to reteach and things of that nature so Basically, I was able to install uh, some of the offense till about mid-June. You know, so it went from May to about mid-June, and then by mid-June, it actually through COVID uh, worked out through uh, through Zoom interviews that I was going to get uh, one of my good friends and one of my high school and college teammates, Jay Ridinger, to be the defensive coordinator. Okay. So that 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 was going on as COVID was happening. You know, schools. Uh, weren't really hiring too much, but this was a position that they needed. And he was a, a finalist, and obviously he kept me abreast of the whole situation. And that got finalized uh, right in midsummer when we were done installing offense. So it, it was a good transition where he jumped right into install his defense. And what, did he get hired? Did he also get a position in the high school? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's so. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, he, he was a guy that we had talked about for years, that it was kind of our dream, to be honest with you, that, uh, you know, if he, he had gone for jobs in the past, and I said, look, if you go, uh, I'll do everything I can, you know, to come with you, and vice versa. And when the Hemfield job, you know, uh, the Hemfield job opened up, he was my first call to say, look, you know, I'm, I'm doing this. 
I need to know if you're serious about, you know, what we've been talking about. He said, absolutely, but I need a position. And it just worked out kind of just magically where there was a position. You know, somebody had left. Uh, Hemphill would never create a position. I can tell you that. Uh, but <laughs> as you know, schools. But uh, yep. um, there was a position. He got it. Uh, he earned it. And, again, it fell in a good place where I had kind of done my – done finishing my install where I was kind of kicking my tires. Like, what am I going to do with these kids? Cause I don't want to bore them, but I've done everything we need to do. Uh, so it worked out really well where he jumped right in and, you know, we, we laugh now because he didn't know any of these kids, you know, that was the first time he met them, uh, which was over, uh, Google meet. So he kind of had to introduce himself to earn their trust and explain, you know, defense, uh, in terminology that not a lot of these kids knew, you know, so, defensively it certainly was a challenge you know and I think if you look at our defensive numbers and the way we played uh we had tremendous growth from year one to year two I mean tremendous it wasn't even close uh if you look at the numbers and if you if you watch this play uh so I think you know looking back COVID wise you know that that certainly had an effect on our defense uh, without a doubt uh and he was then able to install all the way up to July when we were able to to finally meet in person so essentially, uh, just instituted base coverages, uh, scheme, uh, being able to verbalize some of the things that we were going to do when we got out there. So when we were able to get out there in July, uh, we had somewhat of an understanding of the offense, somewhat of an understanding of the defense, and the kids kind of had an idea of the new faces uh, that they were going to see. Now, some of them they had never met, you know, but they had at least seen them on, on a video screen. So, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a complete shock when we all got together in July. It was kind of like, okay, now here's who I've been listening to, you know, nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. Now let's get after it. You know, July was still, there were still so many things up in the air in July. The uh, schools weren't sure what was going, what was going to happen there. There was no, there wasn't going to be a football season, right? At that point right. in July. So right. there, there were so many uh, variables and different issues that, that, um, that, you know, they could it they were and everybody knew they were gonna it was changing from day to day, week to week, whatever. Um it, it, that's amazing that you were able to get somebody on your staff, uh somebody that you could trust. A and what what were you guys thinking at that point? Like what were like what was the feeling from players in terms of did, were they expecting that they were gonna have a season at that point? Uh, you know, I think in all honesty, talking with some of my seniors that uh they didn't know. Like right. they, they kept, they kept hope. That's, I guess I think, that, I guess that was, that would be a better question. Did they still have hope that there would be a season? Yes. Okay. Yes, they did. You know, and uh, I give them tremendous credit because the turnout was good. Uh, the energy was good. You know, it wasn't kind of like, you know, why are we doing this? Like, why are we, you know, busting our butts? Why are we uh, learning these things? Then why are we conditioning? And, you know, why, why are we doing this? And, and to mention the idea that things weren't still back to normal. We had to, we had to basically have three rotations of guys where uh, some were in the weight room, some were doing some dumbbell type stuff outside, and then some were doing some body weight stuff outside. And that was mainly what we chose to do because we were only allowed a certain percentage in the weight room, right? You know, because of COVID. Uh, Not so only we that, but practice. Well, even if you were outside, you could you could only be in certain at least. I know in certain certain programs that was the, that was the deal where you could only have a certain number of people clo in like a close proximity with each other. Uh, you're right. You're right. So you know to mention that, which kind of escaped me a little bit. We were on different ends of the field, which yep. you know our school district was lucky enough to allow us to do that. But uh, you know, rarely 
did we circle the team up and do anything or right. speak even, you know, even when we, even when we spoke, you know, it was everybody had to get uh, such a distance away. I mean, you know, to be honest with you, uh, some community member actually took a picture one time when I addressed the team at the end and I got disciplined for us being too close together. Oh, you know? yeah. So, uh, but you know that when you look back, you laugh because that, that was the case, yep. you know, that was the case. And uh, again, I give the kids a, a tremendous amount of credit for, you know, in all the programs, not just, you know, my program, but in all the programs, because as you mentioned, you know, there was a contingent of kids that I can guarantee you didn't think we were going to play, right. you know, and as coaches, we're thinking to ourselves, are we going to play and who are we playing? Like, yeah. we're not going to have a 10 game schedule, you know, so uh, I forget exactly when we found out, but, uh, you know, we're preparing for Dallas town or thinking it's Dallas town. We really didn't do too much. And then all of a sudden they talk about pushing the season back and cutting some games. And now we find out it's Exeter, you know, uh, and extra a ton of guys back, you know, uh, a good program. So it kind of like just changes your mindset. You're thinking this, and we're talking about Dallas Town all the way through our Google Meets, and we're not even playing Dallas Town, you know. So <laughs> the amount of times that season that um, I heard teams switched on on like a Wednesday evening, where they were playing, yeah. they were playing one team. It was a Friday night game. They were playing a team that you know in two days, forty eight hours. And then all of a sudden, 24 hours later, they were playing a different team, and you know neither team had scouted them. Right, they just rolled the ball out and played. I think that was actually, to a lot of teams' credit, I think that was pretty cool that they were able to do that, and and that people didn't mind that they didn't have time that they you know they just got to play football. They're just happy yeah. to play. Absolutely, you know, and I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, you know, still think it's crazy that we're still doing that this year. Yeah, we, right, we right. Teams doing that, good but point. I I agree with exactly what you said, Mark. I mean. Uh, I applaud those coaches. That's exactly what I would try to do. I mean, your kids work so hard and you don't want to, you know, take an opportunity away from them because you didn't get to practice or scheme on a team. You know, sometimes you just got to go out there and play ball and the situation allows you to do it because some of these kids are only going to have so many opportunities and then the, the moment's gone. You talked about staffing. How many guys were you able, and you don't have to mention specific names or anything mm -hmm. like that, but how many guys were you able to retain? How many how many uh, vacancies did you have to fill? Like, what was that whole process? I know you talked about Coach Reidner and, and getting him on board, but were, were there a lot of other challenges with that? Uh, there there was, um, you know, but it was more trying to get, uh, like, I don't necessarily think that COVID was, was an okay. issue there. It was more trying to get, you know, uh, as you know, we're trying to get guys to either leave places they were at or to uh, work it out with their schedule in the in the business world where they might not be a teacher. You know, uh, to your question, we were able to retain two guys, uh, two guys stayed on. Uh, both had been there well before me. Uh, and that was big to me because, you know, they were familiar faces, not only to uh, the school, the players, but the community, you know, the community. So the alums, they had connections with uh, alums well before I got there. Uh, and that's what I really use them for too, to kind of, you know, be able to build my brand and the, the program's brand moving forward through those two guys who had connections to guys that have played uh, decades ago, you know? Um, and then we were able to bring in, uh, several new faces, but the, the guys that came in were just huge to me because they had well more experience than I had, you know? Uh, and again, I don't mention, I don't, uh, don't mind mentioning the names, but, you know, a guy that, that came on that had coached at Hemfield before, well before me, that had came uh, that had come back was Jim Veland. Okay. Uh, Jim Veland is a former head coach at Ephrata. So to have that head coaching experience and to have that familiarity with Hemfield was huge. 
I was able to get Eric Spencer, who uh, was a former coach at McCaskey recently. Got some experience um, there with those two yes. guys for sure. Yes, he was uh, he was a head coach at many different places, uh, you know, and he came on, which was huge. I uh, was able to get Jay's dad, John Ridinger, uh, who, you know, when his son was able to come on staff, uh, that kind of sweetened the pot because I just, coached Just a with side him. note about him. Mm-hmm. I, I was at a 7-on-7 seven seven over a summertime one time, just observing and watching the 7-on-7, seven seven, and he's over with the offensive line. He was with Warwick at the time, and I found myself watching him – Instead of you know just watching <laughs> just watching him do drills with the Warwick guys, I found myself watching that as opposed to watching the seven on seven competition, yeah. which is why everyone was there. It was it, he he was doing a great job with those guys. Keep going, now. absolutely, no, absolutely, and you know that's that's why uh, it was big to get him, and you know he's a guy that I was lucky to get because uh, I knew his experience, I knew his talents, and I knew he didn't want to leave Warwick, you know, but allowing him to to have the keys to the offense and to work with me. Uh, and then, uh, I think he was, you know, it's hard to say what he was thinking to be honest, but when his son got on that, that was a done deal. Yeah, you know, the ability yeah. for, he said the ability to coach with my son just sweetens it. Uh, so, so to have his experience was huge. Uh, and then another guy that I'll, uh, that I'll mentioned, uh, you know, two more was my, my father came on board who had been a long time coach at the youth program. So That's to have great. somebody who I knew that was going to have my back, you know, I, I knew they all were. I really did the guys that I was bringing in. But to have somebody like that uh, was huge because, you know, I knew that he was going to have my, my best interest in mind at all times. And I knew that I could always go to him if I needed anything, as I did all my life. Uh, and then the last guy I'll mention that was a huge pickup for me was uh, my former offensive coordinator at FNM. His name's R.J. Ryan. Uh, he was working in the business sector in Lidditz, uh, and had been for quite some time. And when I got the job, uh, he, he had gotten out of coaching. He had coached at Lehigh, was a full-time guy there, uh, coached collegially at other places, RPI. Uh, and then, like I said, most recently uh, with FNM. And when I got the job, I said, hey, I know you're working in the business world, but if you ever have some time and you want to help out, you know, I'd love to have you. And he was all in. He, he uh, was able to come. So he was familiar with the pass game stuff I was doing and could hit the ground running. Uh, and those collection of, uh, of personalities, you know, blended so well, you know, and, and I, we, I joke around with my staff in that, you know, there aren't any egos, you know, you got guys that have way more experience than me, uh, were head coaches longer than I have. Uh, and I'm just thankful that we were able to, to come together and, and coach and not have to, uh, not have to delay a year, you know, and delay the, the progress of the, of the program. Because to me, you know, that first year was huge to kind of work everything out even during COVID and then this year was just so much easier in terms of management and, and practice and things of that nature. Cause we had gone through it before. Coach, I'm going to kind of wrap things up here. You, uh, you've certainly made it through the, the, uh, the, the COVID madness into kind of what, what this season, I guess it's a little bit, we're kind of back to normal, I guess, you know, you, you mentioned there's <laughs> still some times where we got to scramble around and, and change our schedule. But you had some big time wins this year, and you got the program rolling. And I want to congratulate you on that, and and uh, just make sure you don't rest on your laurels there. I know you won't. And um, I know everybody's busy. They got they got banquets, they got a plan, and and uh, you know off season stuff, and and all sorts of things like that. So I don't want to keep I don't want to keep you too long. Um, but yeah, just just hope you keep it going, Coach. Thank thank you so much for coming on because I know you're a busy guy. You got family too. Um, 
and I just want to kind of make a pitch to everyone out there. You know, if you if you have some time and and you want to get on, feel free uh, feel free to reach out to me. Um, but again, coach, I want to specifically thank you for coming on and and uh, and and kind of giving you know even just in talking here, there's just ideas that you know I've I, I kind of got from you that that you probably didn't realize you were given to me and and that 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 other people can take in. So thanks for doing that, coach. Hey, likewise, and then thanks for having me, Mark. And like I said, I can't wait to listen to some of the other coaches that are on here. Uh, I appreciate the kind words you said, but there's no laurels to rest on when you lose to Wilson 17 straight years. <laughs> so, uh, so we got work to do. But again, thanks for having me, and I, I cannot wait to hear other coaches to learn. Coach, thanks again. And uh, and and I've I've been saying this to everybody, but but I know you know I, I repeat customers are okay. So in the future, I'm, I'd like to have you on here at some point again. And, uh, you know, like I said, we can, we might dive more into that body weight stuff or, or whatever kind of, we can talk X's and O's, but I'd love to have you on again down the line whenever you're available and, and I wish you the best of luck here in the off season. Hey, thanks Mark. Appreciate it. And best of luck to you. Coaches on December 18th in the net sports complex, Pomara PA cost camps, winter combine series, We'll have a combine going from 9 to 11 in the morning. That's Saturday. I know everybody's got that that guy on the team whose parents are wondering about college and, and you know the kid wants to play in college. Well, this is an opportunity for him to get seen. There will be college coaches there observing. They can talk to the players after it's over. Gives guys kind of like an exposure and an opportunity. If you have underclassmen that want to come, that'd be awesome too. It gets them – on college's radar, but more importantly, those guys get to they, they get a baseline of where they're at athletically. Um, we're we're going to show uh, some some we're going to give some tips on how to run a forty yard dash and and how to work for explosiveness, which is so important in football. So it's going to be yes, it's a combine and, and kind of a college showcase and an opportunity for guys to see where they're at athletically. Um, but there will be some learning involved too, and and I hope over here the the course of the next few weeks I can get some. Maybe some strength coaches on here to, to kind of coach that stuff up too. But anyway, December 18th, save the date. It's $60 a player to participate. It's two hours long. Vertical jump, 40-yard dash, timed by a laser. We have uh, the 5-10-5 pro agility drill. We're going to do that three-cone L drill. We're going to heighten weight, guys. I know uh, watching film as a college coach, you never really knew how tall a guy was. That height thing is going to be so important for college coaches. Um, so so if you have guys that, that are interested in doing that, love to have them. Again, it's December 18th in the Net Sports Complex, Palmyra. See you there. Thanks, coaches.